بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we started to speak about the letters that the Prophet ﷺ sent out to different kings and different rulers of the different lands, inviting them to Islam. So we spoke about the letter that he sent to Hiraqal, who was the emperor of the Roman Empire. And he had a huge kingdom. So the Prophet ﷺ sent a messenger with a message to Hiraqal, but Hiraqal did not accept Islam. So today, inshallah, we will speak about some of the other letters that the Prophet ﷺ sent to the different rulers of the land. One of the letters that the Prophet ﷺ sent was to Al-Harith ibn Abi Shummar al-Ghassani. Al-Harith ibn Abi Shummar al-Ghassani. And he was the leader of the Ghassasina. And the Ghassasina were the Christians who lived in Asham. Now, as we mentioned last week, Asham, or the greater Syria area, it was part of the Roman Empire. So it was under the control of Hiraqal. But the Roman Empire, it had so many different provinces, like Asham, Egypt, other places. So Hiraqal allowed for local rulers to keep control of their provinces. So even though Asham was under the Roman Empire and it was under the umbrella of Hiraqal. The local ruler of Asham was a man named Al-Harith ibn Abi Shumr al-Ghassani. And the Prophet sent him a letter inviting him to Islam. So the Ghassasina, these Christians of Asham, they were Christians like the Romans. So the Prophet sent his messenger Shuja' ibn Wahab al-Usdi with this letter to Al-Harith inviting him to Islam. So the letter to Al-Harith, Ibn Abi Shummar Al-Ghassani, read like this. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Min Muhammad Rasulillah ila Al-Harith Ibn Abi Shummar. Salamun ala manittaba al-huda wa amana billahi wa saddaq. Wa inni ad'uuka an tu'mina billahi wahdahu la sharika lah. Yabqa laka mulkuk. So this letter from the Prophet ﷺ addressed to Al-Harith, it started in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, from Muhammad, the messenger of Allah, to Al-Harith ibn Abi Shummar. Peace be upon those who follow the guidance and believe in Allah. And I call you to believe in Allah alone without any partner. And if you do so, you will keep your kingdom. If you believe in Allah alone and you don't associate partners with Him, if you accept Islam, you can keep your kingdom. So when Al-Harith read this letter, he was very angry and he was very upset. And he said, how can he threaten me with regards to me keeping my kingdom? If I believe in Allah, if I believe in this religion, then I can keep my kingdom? How can he threaten me with regards to my kingdom? I have 100,000 fighters who will fight for me. So this was the reaction of Al-Harith ibn Abi Shummar to the letter of the Prophet So he rejected the letter and he arrogantly and angrily rejected Al-Islam. 
So shortly after this, the Prophet ﷺ sent another letter to the king of Busra to invite him to Islam. He sent this letter with his companion Al-Harith ibn Umair al-Azdi So on his way to Busra, Al-Harith passed through an area known as Mu'tah. And this is an area that is in modern-day Jordan. So while he was passing through Al-Mu'tah, he was approached by Shurahbil ibn Amr. And Shurahbil ibn Amr was from the Ghassasina. He was a Ghassani as well. From the same group of people who was led by Al-Harith ibn Abi Shumar who had just rejected the letter of the Prophet So Shurahbil was from the same group of people. So when he came across this messenger of the Prophet Al-Harith ibn Umair, he talked to him, he asked him some questions and then he realized that this is a messenger sent by Muhammad. And when Shurahbil al-Ghassani found out that al-Harith was sent by the Prophet wasallam, he killed him. He killed al-Harith ibn Umair, the companion of the Prophet wasallam, the messenger of the messenger of Allah wasallam. Now killing a messenger, this was considered one of the worst type of crimes that a person can commit. Messengers had an unwritten promise of safety. Anyone who would send a messenger to, to a different land, it was well known and it was accepted from all tribes and all people that you don't kill the messengers. Messengers are safe. Messengers should be guaranteed safety. But Shurahbil, he didn't care about this. He had no scruples. And he killed the messenger of the Prophet wasallam, Al-Harith ibn Umair al-Azdi radiallahu an. So when this news reached back to the Prophet ﷺ, of course he was angry, he was very upset, and then he started making preparations to fight the Ghassasina, to fight these Christians of Asham. And this eventually led to the Battle of Mu'ta. And inshallah we'll get into the details of the Battle of Mu'ta later. And this was between the Muslims and the Ghassasina. So now going back to the letters that the Prophet ﷺ sent, he also sent a letter with his companion Hatib ibn Abi Balta'ah radiallahu an to Al-Muqawqis. Al-Muqawqis, he was the ruler of the Copts in Egypt. The Copts were the Christians of Egypt. And they were ruled by a man named Al-Muqawqis. Now again, Egypt was also part of the Roman Empire. So it was under the umbrella of Hiraqal. But like we said, Hiraqal allowed the different provinces to be led by local rulers. So just like Al-Harith ibn Abi Shumar was in charge of Asham under the umbrella of Hiraqal, Al-Muqawqis was in charge of Egypt under the umbrella of Hiraqal. So Al-Muqawqis was a Coptic Christian and he was a knowledgeable person. He had knowledge about Christianity. So the Prophet ﷺ sent a letter to Al-Muqawqis through his messenger Hatib ibn Abi Balta'ah And the messenger or the message that was sent to Al-Muqawqis in Egypt, it was almost identical to the message that the Prophet ﷺ had earlier sent to Hiraqal himself. So the message to Al-Muqawqis, it read, 
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم من محمد رسول الله إلى المقوقس عظيم القبط سلام على من اتبع الهدى أما بعد فإني أدعوك بدعوة الإسلام أسلم تسلم يؤتك الله أجرك مرتين قل يا أهل الكتاب تعالوا إلى كلمة سواء بيننا وبينكم ألا نعبد إلا الله ولا نشرك به شيئا ولا يتخذ بعضنا بعضا أربابا من دون الله فإن تولوا فقولوا اشهدوا بأن مسلمون In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful from Muhammad, the messenger of Allah to Al-Muqawqis, the leader of the Copts Peace be upon those who follow the guidance As for what follows Surely I call you to the calling of Islam. Accept Islam and you will be safe and Allah will give you your reward two times. And then he quoted the ayah, قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ Say, O people of the book, تَعَالَوْا إِلَىٰ كَلِمَةٍ سَوَاءٍ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ Come to a word that is the same between us and you. أَلَّا نَعْبُدَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَا نُشْرِكَ بِهِ شَيْئًا That we don't worship anyone except Allah and we don't associate partners with Him. And we do not take each other as lords besides Allah. And if they turn away, then say, Surely we are Muslims. So Al Muqawqis, after reading this message, he was impressed and he asked the messenger, Hatib ibn Abi Balta'a, he asked him some questions about the Prophet, وسلم, about his followers, about what he calls to. He asked him a number of questions. And one of the questions that Al-Muqawqis asked to Hatib, he said, Why didn't your Prophet make dua against his people when they expelled him from his city? When he was forced to leave Mecca, why didn't he make dua against those people? He's a Prophet. If he made dua against them, his dua would have been accepted and they would have been destroyed. So why didn't he make the dua against them? So Hatib, he was very smart and he knew exactly how to answer that question. He knew that Al-Muqawqis was a Christian. So he asked him, why didn't Jesus make dua against his people when they conspired against him? Same thing. Rahma. He hoped that they would repent and Allah would forgive them. So he answered his question with a question. And Al-Muqawqis was very impressed with this. So he said to Hatib, he said, Anta Hakim, jita min indi Hakim. He said, you are a wise man and you were sent by a wise man. So he realized this. So Al-Muqawqis, even though he was very impressed with this, he did not accept Islam, but he wrote a letter back to the Prophet And the letter that Al-Muqawqis sent back to the Prophet read, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. لمحمد ابن عبد الله من المقوقس عظيم القبط سلام عليك أما بعد فقد قرأت كتابك وفهمت ما ذكرت فيه وما تدعو إليه وقد علمت أن نبيا بقي وكنت أظن أنه يخرج بالشام وقد أكرمت رسولك وبعثت لك بجاريتين لهما مكان في القبط عظيم وبكسوة وَأَهْدَيْتُ إِلَيْكَ بَغْلَةً لِتَرْكَبَهَا وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكَ So this was the message that Al-Muqawqis sent back to the Prophet ﷺ. It read, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, to Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, from Al-Muqawqis, the leader of the Copts. Peace be upon you. As for what follows, 
I have read your letter and I understand what you have mentioned in it and I understand what you are calling to and I knew that there is a prophet that is to come but I was expecting that that prophet would come from Asham and I have honored the messenger that you sent and I am sending you two slave girls who have a very high status amongst the Copts and I'm sending you some garments as well and I am gifting to you a mule for you to ride and peace be upon you so he sent this letter along with these gifts back to the Prophet so he didn't accept Islam but he did not respond in a harsh manner he didn't accept Islam because he knew or he felt that if he accepted Islam that Hiraqal would remove him from his position so he rejected Islam in order to hold on to his kingdom. But anyways, he didn't realize that his kingdom would not last and that Islam eventually would be victorious. But because of his love for his kingdom and his desire to hold on to it, he did not accept Islam. So the two slave girls that Al-Muqawqis sent back were Maria and her sister Sirin. Maria Al-Qibtiyah and her sister Sirin Al-Qibtiyah So they were Coptic Christians but when Hatib was taking them back from Egypt on the way back to Al-Madinah he gave them da'wah to Islam Hatib gave them da'wah he invited these two women to Islam and they accepted it they became Muslims Alhamdulillah before they arrived back in Al-Madinah So when they arrived back in Al-Madinah the Prophet Sallallahu he kept Maria Al-Qibtiyah and he gave Sirin to Hassan ibn Thabit. Maria Al-Qibtiyah, she is the mother of Ibrahim, the last son of the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ's son Ibrahim, his mother was Maria Al-Qibtiyah. But Ibrahim, عن, he did not live long, he died while he was still very young. Continuing on with the letters that the Prophet ﷺ sent to the different rulers, the Prophet ﷺ sent a letter with his companion Amr ibn Umayyah al-Dhamri to al-Najashi of Habasha. And we know that the Najashi was a good man and that he accepted the early immigrants who left from Mecca to escape from the torture of the Quraysh. The Najashi was a just man and he was a good ruler. So the Prophet ﷺ sent a letter to him as well. When the Najashi received this letter from the Prophet ﷺ, he read it and he accepted it. He accepted it. He became a Muslim and he sent a letter back to the Prophet ﷺ telling the Prophet ﷺ, I accept Islam, I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah and I bear witness that Muhammad ﷺ is the messenger of Allah and I am a Muslim. So a Najashi, alhamdulillah, he accepted Islam. The Najashi died a while later after that and the Prophet ﷺ received revelation from Allah that the Najashi had died in Habasha and the Prophet ﷺ prayed the Janazah prayer of the Najashi in Medina. Even though the Najashi was not there, the Prophet ﷺ prayed Salatul Ghaib, the Janazah prayer in absentia over the Najashi. So this was an honor, this was an honor that was done to Al-Najashi after this Najashi died, a new Najashi took power in Habasha. And the Prophet ﷺ also sent a letter to him 
but it is not known whether he accepted Islam or not. Also from the letters that the Prophet ﷺ sent out was the letter that he sent with his companion Abdullah ibn Hudhafa al-Sahmi to the Kisra, the ruler of Persia. The ruler of Persia. Now we mentioned these were the two biggest empires at that time. The Roman Empire that was ruled by Hiraqal and the second biggest empire was the Persian Empire that was ruled by the Kisra of Persia. So the Prophet ﷺ sent him a letter as well through Abdullah ibn Hudhafa al-Sahmi radiyallahu And the letter read, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Min Muhammad Rasulillah al-Nabiyyil Ummi ila Kisra Azimi Faris, Salamun ala manittaba al-Huda, wa amana billahi wa rasulihi, wa shahida alla ilaha illa Allah, wahdahu la sharika lah, wa anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. أدعوك بدعاية الله فإني أنا رسول الله إلى الناس كافة لأنذر من كان حيا ويحق القول على الكافرين فأسلم تسلم فإن أبيت فإن إثم المجوس عليك So the letter to the Kisra read in the name of Allah the most gracious the most merciful from Muhammad the messenger of Allah the unlettered prophet to Kisra the ruler of the Persian Empire Peace be upon those who follow the guidance and believe in Allah and His Messenger and testify that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah without partner and that Muhammad is His servant and His Messenger. I call you with the calling of Allah. Surely I am the Messenger of Allah to all of mankind. To warn those who are alive and to establish the truth against the disbelievers. So accept Islam and you will be safe. And if you reject Islam, then the sin of the Majus, the Majus were, that was the religion of the people of Persia. And it was a religion of shirk. So the Prophet ﷺ said, فَإِنْ أَبَيْتْ فَإِنَّ إِثْمَ الْمَجُوسِ عَلَيْكَ If you reject the call of Islam, then the sin of all of these Majus, it will be upon you. So when the message was read to Kisra. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Min Muhammad Rasulillah and Nabiyil Ummi ila Kisra Azim Faris. Just this line. Kisra became angry without even listening to the rest of the letter. And he said, How can he start this letter mentioning his name first before my name? Kisra said, It should have said, Ila Kisra Azim Faris min Muhammad. He should have mentioned my name first before his name. How can he mention his name first before my name? So the Kisra, he became very angry. This shows his arrogance. And his people actually, they considered him their king and they also worshipped him as a god as well. So he was an extremely arrogant person and he didn't even listen to the rest of the letter. He didn't even listen to the rest of the letter. He just heard that this is from Muhammad, the messenger of Allah to Kisra, the ruler of Persia, and that was, that was enough. The fact that the name of Muhammad came before his own name made him so angry that he didn't even want to listen to the completion of the letter, and he took the letter and he ripped it up, and he threw it. So that's how angry he was, and that's how arrogant of a man he was. So when Abdullah ibn Hudhafa, the messenger, 
of the Prophet ﷺ. When he came back and he informed the Prophet ﷺ of what went down, the Prophet ﷺ was very angry and he said, Mazzaqallahu mulka. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rip up his kingdom. Just like he ripped up the letter, may Allah rip up his kingdom. Now the Kisra, he was so angry at this, he didn't just stop there at ripping up the letter. That was not the end of it. Rather, he sent a message to his deputy in Yemen. Yemen was part of the Persian Empire. Just like Asham and Egypt, that was part of the Roman Empire. Yemen at that time was part of the Persian Empire. So that was under the umbrella of Kisra. And the deputy of the Kisra who he had appointed to rule Yemen was a man named Badan. So the Kisra, he sent a message to Badan in Yemen because Yemen was closer to the Arabian Peninsula. So he sent a message to Badan and he said, I want you to bring Muhammad to me. Bring the man who wrote this letter, bring him to me. So Badan in Yemen, he sent two men two of his men to Medina and their job was to go to Medina and to actually take the Prophet Muhammad and to send him to the Kisra in Persia. So Badan, he sent these two men and these two men, they arrived in Medina and they met the Prophet and when they met him, they told him, come with us and we will take you to the Kisra. The Kisra, he wants to see you, he wants to meet you. So we have been sent to bring you to him. So when the Prophet ﷺ saw these two men, these two men, they were Persians, and they had big mustaches, and they had shaved their beards. So no beards, but a big mustache. So the Prophet ﷺ didn't even want to look at their faces. He was disgusted by this look, big mustache and no beard. And he actually said to them, he said to these two men, Woe be upon you! Who ordered you to do this? To keep your mustache big and to shave your beard. And they said to the Prophet ﷺ, Our Lord, and they meant the Kisra. They worshipped him. They said, Our Lord, the Kisra, he ordered us to do this. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, Walakin Rabbi he said, but my Lord ordered me to keep my beard and to cut my mustache. So this is the conversation that took place between the Prophet ﷺ and these two Persian men. Anyways, the Prophet ﷺ said to them, okay, come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. So they said, okay. And when they came back, the Prophet ﷺ said to them, go back to Badan, go back to your ruler in Yemen and tell him that the Kisra is dead. That the Kisra is dead. His son, his own son killed him, murdered his father. So then these two men, they were surprised. How can you say this? How can you know this? If this really happened, as you say it happened, it takes weeks for news to reach from Persia to the Arabian Peninsula. How can you say this? And then he said, Allah informed me, your Kisra is dead. Go and tell Badan. Go to Yemen and tell Badan this message. So they said, okay. They went back to Yemen and they told Badan that this is what Muhammad told us. He told us that the Kisra was killed and he told us the night that it happened. So now Badan, he was amazed at this. He was like, okay. 
this is actually a good test to see if this man is really a prophet of Allah or not. Because there's no way that he could know this unless he received revelation from Allah. So let's just wait for a few weeks to see the news. What comes from Persia? If this news comes that yes, the Kisra was actually killed on such and such night, then we know for sure that this man is a messenger of Allah because there's no other way that he could have received this information. So let's wait and see what happens. So they waited for a few weeks. Badan waited, waited, waited. And of course, after a few weeks, the news came from Persia that the Kisra had been killed. He was murdered by his own son. Exactly as the Prophet ﷺ said. So now Badan realized this is the Messenger of Allah. Muhammad ﷺ is truthful. He is the Messenger of Allah. And Badan became a Muslim. Badan, the Persian deputy ruler of Yemen, he accepted Islam. And the people of Yemen, alhamdulillah, they followed suit and they became Muslim as well. Subhanallah. This was the effect of the letter that the Prophet ﷺ sent to Persia that the people of Yemen became Muslim. That is how Islam entered into Yemen. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works. And they plan and Allah plans and Allah is the best of planners. So this is how Islam entered Yemen. Also from the letters that the Prophet sent was the letter that he sent to the king of Bahrain. The king of Bahrain was a man named Al-Munzir ibn Sawi. And this letter was sent by the Prophet ﷺ through his messenger Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami So when Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami approached Al-Munzir ibn Sawi, the king of Bahrain, and he gave him this message, Al-Munzir had many questions. One of the questions he asked, okay, who has followed Muhammad so far? And then Al-Ala said, the Najashi has accepted Islam, the ruler of Habasha. Badan, the ruler of Yemen, he accepted Islam. So Al-Munzir was amazed at this. These are big people. The Najashi, the ruler of Habasha, and Badan, the ruler of Yemen. These are big people. They have accepted Islam. So Al-Munzir, he decided, okay, this is something that is big, and big people are accepting Islam, so I should accept Islam as well. So Al-Munzir ibn Sawi, radiallahu anhu, the ruler of Bahrain, he accepted Islam, he became a Muslim. And some of his people, they became Muslim as well, and some of them remained upon Kufr. So Al-Munzir, he sent a message to the Prophet ﷺ asking him, what should I do? Some of my people became Muslims and some of them did not. What should I do? And the Prophet ﷺ commanded him, you can keep your kingdom. You can remain as the ruler of Bahrain. And as for those people from your kingdom who didn't accept Islam, charge them jizya. Take the jizya from them. So this is exactly what Al-Munzir did. So that was to Bahrain. Also from the letters that the Prophet ﷺ sent was the letter that he sent through Sulayt ibn Amr to Hawda ibn Ali who was the king of Yamama. Yamama is a big area of land in the central part of the Arabian Peninsula and there was a huge tribe that lived there and that was the tribe of Banu Hanifa. A huge tribe that had 100,000 fighters. So this was led by a man named Hawda ibn Ali. He was the ruler of Yamama, the king of Yamama. So Hawda, when he received this message from the Prophet ﷺ, he said, okay, I will accept Islam. He saw that these 
big people are accepting Islam. Badan, the Najashi, Al-Munzir. He saw that Islam was spreading throughout the land. So he said, okay, I will accept Islam as well. But I have one condition. I will accept Islam under one condition. That after Muhammad dies, that I will become the ruler. So he didn't really want to accept Islam as a religion. But he wanted to basically ride the wave of Islam in order to have power. That was his intention. So when this news reached back to the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ said, no, no, this is a man who is very dangerous. And he actually made dua against him. He said, Allahumma kfini. Ya Allah, save us from the evil of this man. He only wants to use Islam in order to get the dunya. So when the Prophet ﷺ made this dua, Allahumma kfini, Ya Allah, save me from the evil of this man. Within three days, in three days, Hauda ibn Ali, he died. So this was the end of Hauda ibn Ali. Alright, the last letter that we want to go over today is the letter that the Prophet ﷺ sent to Uman. And Uman was a little bit different than other lands because it was ruled by two kings. This is something very unusual because usually a kingdom cannot have two kings. There will always be infighting. But Oman was different. Oman was ruled by two kings and they were two brothers. The two brothers' names were Jafar and Abd. Jafar and Abd, the two brothers who ruled Oman. So the Prophet ﷺ sent a letter to these kings of Oman through the great Sahabi Amr ibn al-As radiallahu anhu. Amr ibn al-As radiallahu anhu, he was a brilliant man and he was a very skilled diplomat. He knew how to talk diplomatically. And this is very important for this type of work. So the Prophet ﷺ sent him to Oman. So when Amr reached Oman, he did not deliver the letter immediately. He did not deliver the letter immediately. Rather, he wanted to scope out the situation and see the best way to do it. So he asked around. He asked the people of Oman about their leadership, about these kings. He asked them, tell me about Jafar. Tell me about Abd. Give me all of the information about these people. He wanted to know the personalities of these kings before he approached them so that his da'wah could be more customized and he could approach them in a better way. So one of the questions he asked, was out of these two kings, Abd and Jafar, who is more soft and lenient? So they told him, Abd is more soft and lenient, but Jafar is more powerful. He's stronger. So Amr ibn al-As, he said, okay. So finally he approached Abd, who was the softer and the more lenient of these two kings. And he gave him the letter. And Abd at first, after receiving this letter, he became angry. And he said, how can, you, how can you give us this type of a letter and threaten our kingdom? And then Amr said, look, this is the best thing for you. Accept Islam and you can keep your kingdom. And there are many other rulers in the area who have accepted Islam and they have kept their kingdoms. So Abd asked him then, okay, who? Who from amongst the others have already accepted Islam? So then Amr told him, that the Najashi of Habasha has accepted Islam. And then Abd said, really? The Najashi? He accepted Islam? He said, yes, he did. He said, okay, who else? And Amr said, Badan, the ruler of Yemen, he accepted Islam and his people accepted Islam. Badan, Badan also accepted Islam? Abd was surprised. He said, yes. 
And then he said, okay, what about the Kisra of Persia? Did he accept it? And then Amr said, no, the Kisra died. Then he said, okay, what about Hiraqal, the ruler of the Roman Empire? Did he accept Islam? And then Amr said, no, he didn't accept Islam. So now Abd knew that Amr ibn As is telling the truth. Because Abd thought to himself, if he says that the Hiraqal also accepted Islam, I would know that he's lying. But when I asked him about the Hiraqal and he said, no, Hiraqal did not accept Islam, he knew that he's telling the truth. So that means the Najashi and Badan, they both accepted Islam. This is big. So he decided that, yes, I think this would be the right thing to do. We should accept Islam. We should become Muslims. So now Abd went to Jafar. See, instead of Amr ibn As himself going to Jafar, he went to Abd first. And now Abd goes to Jafar to present it to him. So this is part of the brilliance of Amr ibn al-As. He knew exactly how to approach this situation. So Abd went to Jafar and he told him, look, I think we should become Muslims. And he convinced him, he finally convinced him that this is the right thing to do. So now Abd and Jafar, they decided to accept Islam and they both became Muslims and Alhamdulillah, the people of Oman, they became Muslims as well. And that is how Islam entered into Oman. Jafar and Abd, they both got to keep their kingdom until they passed away. The Prophet ﷺ allowed them to keep their kingdom and then after they passed away, uh, someone else was appointed. So this is how the Prophet ﷺ gave da'wah to different nations and this is how Islam started to grow and widen its borders. So inshallah we will stop there for today and we'll continue next week bi-idhnillah. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.